Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and on Mondays we speak with an expert from Lutheran Social Service about any number of uh, daily living aspects to Minnesotans' lives. Over the last several years, there's been an increase in the number of children living with extended family or close family friends, from an average of roughly 2.4 million children 10 years ago to an average of almost 2.6 million children more recently, according to the Annie E. Casey Foundation. These special caregivers are called kinship caregivers. Today on Daily Living, I'm speaking with Janet Salo. She's from Lutheran Social Service, and she'll talk about why this trend is growing and what support is out there for kinship caregivers. Welcome, Janet. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's nice to have you back. Define for us what a kinship caregiver is. So basically, it's the full-time, someone caring full-time for another relative's or friend's child. So oftentimes, it's grandparents, but not always. It might be a sibling caring for a sibling. Um, it's just a, or a family friend caring for a friend's child. Now, those statistics I gave uh, were national statistics. There aren't 2.6 million children in Minnesota living with kinship right. caregivers. But tell us how what it does kind of shape up like in Minnesota. How many are there? Yeah, so with the children, um, approximately 68,000 are living with grandparents and another 21,000 are, are living with other relatives. And I tend to think that number might be a little bit low um, in comparison to how many children are living with other, fam other family and friends. So mm. oftentimes kids might be um, going between households, so it's a little bit hard to say. But um, the... The, que the question was started to ask, be asked on the 2000 census. So, um, and that was only concerning with grandparents. Okay. So I don't know. We're, you know, we're, we're, I yeah. think our numbers are probably higher than that. Interesting. And then the other thing that's interesting for every child that's in relative foster care, so being placed with a relative as foster care, yeah. there's another 19 that are out there without foster care involvement. 19,000. Another night for every one child in foster care, there's 19 that are oh. informal care. Oh, so, okay, okay. So the percentages of people are, you know, so yeah, we, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit different then. Okay, so why are we seeing more kids being supported by kinship caregivers? It's um, it, there's an, been a, an alarming um, increase in opioid deaths with mm. uh, people that are of childbearing age. So it went up 29 percent. Um, between 2015 and 16. Oh my! Yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons. And then oftentimes there's mental health issues with the parents or and or substance use dis disorders. Mm -hmm. So uh, how does that shake out then for caregivers? What does that uh, do for them? Well, it's it's hard um, because. Um, Sometimes uh, the caregivers themselves are on a fixed income. They might be retired, are on Social Security disability benefits, and they don't have a lot of financial resources. I think about one-third are under the poverty line financially, so that makes it very challenging. The children have generally experienced trauma through either abuse or neglect, um, maybe living in uh, a lot of homelessness, um, and then parenting the children is different than maybe they would parent another child because of the way they've experienced trauma. 
Um, so sometimes you have to have a very different approach uh, with a child that's either become very withdrawn or overreactive. You kind of get two extremes. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say that people don't think about is that um, we often think of grandparents, but there's also great grandparents, aunts and uncles. But then there's also caregivers that have um, are taking children into the home that have never parented children before. Mm-hmm. And that 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 makes a very different situation where you have to find out all this stuff for a child that's um, had a lot of trauma, a lot of difficulty, and emotional issues. Right. So, I mean, it seems like it would be better for a, a child to be placed with a relative, someone they know, than it would be right. to be in an anonymous, more anonymous uh, foster care type situation. So how do kids fare in, in situations where they're placed with family? Yeah, they do really, really well. Um, from all the uh, research, um, it really increases the, increases their stability. Um, typically, they don't have to move out of a school district, hopefully. Um, also, minimize the trauma from loss. So basically, when a parent, um, when the child is not able to be parent by the parent, they've lost that parent, at mm-hmm. least, you know, um, and that grief and loss, but then also losing your family too could be very, very traumatic. So mm-hmm. it's best if kids can thrive with uh, relatives. And we always try to make sure that uh, people find a relative or someone that is knows this child, knows their culture, knows their traditions. Um, it keeps the sibling connections. The one thing that's happening too, or not one thing, but because of the pandemic, the e-learning has been very big challenge for families because sure. you may have a sibling group of four and they're all at different grades. They have different classes at different times, different Chromebooks, and in people that might have some issues with technology, mm-hmm. um, myself included, and <laughs> and uh, people are really struggling. And then also having people, kids at home so much of the time is increasing the need for mental health resources. Mm-hmm. So people are accessing more mental health um, through telehealth, um, online, you know, Zoom or whatever. Sure. And um, so helping people connect with those resources has been really crucial. And then also the financial aspect of the COVID and the also the civil unrest where people mm-hmm. can't go to their pharmacy anymore. Right. Um, and then also have lost jobs or cut their hours or lost unemployment. So there's been a lot of financial impact and it is quite uh, alarming to think about how many people are not able to pay their rent at this point. And so we're helping people connect with those kinds of resources during COVID. Um, so, so Lutheran Social Service, we've had a long history of working with kinship caregivers. We have a warm line, which is um, 651-917-4640. We also have a website, kinshipcaregivers.org. And I'd like to let your view, uh, audience know that we have a warm line. Um, I can talk through and help people figure out what resources might be available because people have to navigate very complex systems or even getting a birth certificate may be a challenge. So, you know, just kind of the basics of getting through systems and getting medical care for the children. Oftentimes they need a lot of medical and dental care because that may have been not taken care of when when they were with parent. Yep. So how do I become a kinship caregiver? Is there a formal process to go through if you want to care for a niece or a grandchild or something? 
It's it kind of it depends. Um, so there's a whole <laughs> continuum. There's a whole continuum of it might be an emergency situation where the parent is is going to be in treatment or uh, incarcerated or um, something's happened to them and it's just like the child comes into your home. Yeah. Um, so it, it can vary from that to the child's been coming over to your house maybe every other weekend and then the parent just keeps the child at your house longer and longer. Mm. And so, but I also, what I do help people figure out with it, depending on their situation, do they need legal uh, options at that point? point? Um, it depends on what the challenge, you know, what people are trying to get and they can't, then you ha- might have to get like um, court uh, paperwork and um, do third-party custody or adopt or something like that. But a majority of the families that I'm working with, they do not have the legal rights. Okay. Um, Janet Salo, is there anything else you'd like to add today? Oh, I'd like to say that we do have um, groups that are meeting um, via Zoom right now. Sure. And then we're also having a virtual kinship fair for the first time in January. So uh, look, we're going to have two Saturdays in January, the 16th and 30th, and we'll have options for the children and options for the caregivers. And so um, I think that would be helpful to get as much information as possible. We ha- we just had a workshop um, not too long ago about custody with an attorney and social security disability benefits. So those are two of the things that um, we're looking at. And then also supporting the children, having the children know that other families look like their family. So Learn more at kinshipcaregivers.org. Uh, such a pleasure to speak with Janet Salo from Lutheran Social Service. She talked to us about kinship caregivers today. And Janet, thanks so much. It was nice to speak with you again. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. It's my pleasure.